and welcome to episode one of World One Stage One, a retro video game podcast. Was last one not episode one? No, last week was episode zero. So we start before one. We start at zero. I see. It's kind of a geek thing. But in arrays in computing and programming, arrays are either measured from one or measured from zero. And seeing as last week we weren't actually talking about a game, I didn't want to make it episode one. I made it episode zero. Uh, okay, I understand. Wasn't there a Resident Evil zero? Yeah, I, I ignored it. It had giant leeches. But we can tie it into video gaming. Yeah, giant so there we leeches. Go. That was our that was our giant leeches last week. Excellent. As always, I am Simon, and my co-host is Jack. That's right. Were you struggling with your own name? I I thought you were going to introduce me. I waited a while and realised you weren't. No, I thought I would let you introduce yourself. Ah, dangerous that would be. Yes. I I realised there was was risk, but I thought it was a risk worth taking. Thank you. So right off the bat, I would like to say I completely forgot last week to plug the providers of our theme music, the mini-bosses. Praise be to the mini-bosses. They are a band who do covers of retro video game songs. Of course, ours is from Super Mario 2. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't actually have permission to use that music. No, I wrote, and I asked, and they never got back to me. But their FAQ on their website, minibosses.com, go now. www.minibosses.com <clears throat> Oh, God, I'm coughing today. Hang on, I'm just going to take a sip in okay. R.D. Reynolds of Russell Crack Radio Style. And whilst he's taking a sip, it means that this radio show is mine! I'm back. Okay. So, how did you enjoy your brief stint in charge? I think I demolished several small colonies during a war. It's quite possible. Yeah. But yes, their FAQ says that they're not against peer-to-peer downloading of their music, anything, just no resell. And I'm not planning to resell because we're not making any money off this podcast and I doubt we ever will. But we have an audience. We do. And we were worried that the audience might be one or up to three but it's not. It's in double digits. Really? And the first digit isn't one. Shit, a break. So for a podcast where we've not actually advertised it anywhere, well, I've posted it on my blog, but that's about it for advertising. Mm. We've done quite well. We we have. The worrying thing is, last week we couldn't possibly let down our audience because we didn't have one. No, this week we, we, we have we an audience. We piss people off. Yeah, we could piss people off. There are actually people listening to this stuff. Mm. So we agreed last week that there would be a section right at the front of the show where we just talk crap. Yeah. Talk crap. Which is what we're going to do now. Excellent. My first bit of crap. I'd like to apologise for some slight sound issues in the first podcast. There was sort of knocking sounds and strange noises. Mm. I would say it won't happen again, but I don't know what caused it, so it might. Microphones could be haunted. Could be. So if you're listening to this and there's noise in the background, as we're saying, sorry about the noise. Uh, if you know anything about audio engineering, tell us why. We don't. We, well, uh, we're and then give us money. Yeah, give us money. Writer and a photographer. So we've got no chance. I'm not a writer. I'm an unemployed bum. Well, you're more a writer than anything else, as far as I can tell. Okay, cool. Thank you. Now, I'd also like to go back on something that we spoke about last week that ended up getting edited out, which was My you raised the topic. Hmm? My memory's hazy. Home of the Underdogs. Right. You brought up Home of the Underdogs, and we were having a little bit of a conversation as to whether it's legal. Okay, yeah. Now, given the topic of the conversation, I think Home of the Underdogs is something that's worth covering. Okay. For anyone who doesn't know, and I think it's pretty slim chances that anyone listening to this won't know, mm. but for anyone who doesn't know, Home of the Underdogs is a archive of abandonware, a label given to a game that no one's making any money off of anymore. It's not available for sale anywhere, you can't buy it. So if no one's making any money off it, you can't be accused of theft if you download it because you're not denying anyone any money. Right. That's the general principle. Now, I'm not a lawyer, nor are you. I I sometimes pretend to be. But you're not. I'm not. No, neither of us have any legal qualifications, despite what fantasies we may lead. Mm. So we're not about uh, to give you any legal advice, because any legal advice you get from us should be ignored at all costs. Mm, Especially that bit about peanut butter. Yeah. Mm. However, we will not be condoning 
on this program the downloading of abandoned web because technically it's still someone's intellectual property. Yes. That doesn't mean we won't from time to time mention that something's available on a site like Home of the Underdogs, but that's just for educational information. Yes. Not, but, not a condoning of anyone downloading. So to finalise, we're not telling people to go and download. We are telling them that they can. It we're is entirely possible. And we might say this now, it is, you know, we're, we're not telling anyone to go out there and steal cars, but you can. Yeah, absolutely. Grand Theft Auto has shown us Th- that. There, there is nothing, well, apart from the law and, and so on. Yes, it is only moral and legal impeachments to stop you from going out and stealing whatever you want. Yeah. Games off of abandoned wear included. Precisely. Just some areas are more grey than others. Yes, and we're not telling you to go out and do anything. We, we are not thought police or mind-controlled lobsters. Uh, I certainly am not a lobster. Yeah. Of any Neither am I. Neither am I. And the same goes for ROMs, incidentally. Yeah. Legal grey area, we're not condoning it, but of course most of the console games we talk about this will be available as ROMs somewhere out there on the interwebs. Somewhere out there in the world. Yeah. So if you own the original cartridge, legal grey area, you're probably entitled to own the ROM. If you don't, you're probably not. We're not going to tell you what to do. And we're not going to tell anyone, don't worry. Yeah, your secret's secret safe, safe with, with us. us. Wow. That was just so coordinated, it sounds like it was planned. It wasn't, though. No, it just goes to show what chemistry we have as a partnership. This is true, unless you planned it and sort of, like, put it on a tape that's played while I was asleep. No. No, okay. Anyway. That'd be weird. Yes. What what crap do you have to share with us today? Oh, Christ, what don't I have? Just start me off on a topic. Alton Towers. Alton Towers was fun. I got back today... And we, me and Rowan spent all of yesterday in Alton Towers We're going on rides. And, oh, there was Nemesis, which I thought didn't have a seat, so I'd just be resting on my testicles. But I wasn't. There was a seat. I was actually sitting down. There are rides at Alton Towers where you do rest on your testicles. Yeah, I didn't go on any of them. They're probably not designed that way, but it's just the way the bar comes down between your legs. Which, which ones? I can't remember what it's called, but it's the Ripsaw-like one near air. Just the one that goes around near air. Oh, Ripsaw. Is it called Ripsaw? There's one called Ripsaw that goes around and it it's near air. It might well be Ripsaw then. Yeah. I remember being distinctly uncomfortable getting off of that ride. There was one a lot like that at the Chooksbury Mop Fair. Mm. Um, which I'm very glad I... No, I did go on that. You did go on that. That's why I felt ill. Jamie didn't go on that. Jamie didn't, Jamie didn't fit. Yes. I am a rather javelin-like fellow. That's a good description of it. And I, I really wish I wasn't. For any American listeners, you've probably gathered by now, Alton Towers is a theme park. Yes. Yes, sorry. We have to remember we have a global audience. Mm. People listen to us. They care what we say. It's, it's a scary prospect. They're we have, insane. We have listeners on both sides of the Atlantic... Possibly. Venezuela and Gabon. I actually have no way of tracking where they're from, so we'll just have to use our imaginations. Uh, Well, we do actually know... penguins! We do know where some of them are from. Yes, we do. We we do know that we have at least one listener in the University College of London. We do. At least one. At least one. We shall come on to that. But first of all, my crap... I'd rather not come on to that. No. Actually, come to think of it, yeah. But yes, my crap. Your crap. My crap. If there's anyone listening to this who also listens to the podcast, or do you think that's just bollocks, by Simply Syndicated, you will have on what at the time of recording is the most recent episode heard my own dulcet voice. Really? Really. Ah! Or do you think that's just bollocks as a podcast wherein the host, Richard Smith, and occasionally a guest, usually his girlfriend, Alison, rant about things that are just bollocks. I I think that's a great idea. I I envy him that platform. And people can phone in or Skype in and share what they think is just bollocks. And I did. In fact, I had to rant about my Xbox 360 experience with lies. Yes, wherein uh, my live service got turned off, and support told me, 
it was because my second annual subscription was up. I'd had my 24th month of service, two years, 24 months, within 17 months since the system had launched. It so, doesn't add up, even for me, and I'm, I'm really not so good at the, the county stuff. But there's no fives involved, so it adds yeah. up. And yeah, I had a rant about that, understandably. And I was told, well, they didn't exactly tell me, they commented on the recording, that it was their favourite rant they'd ever had, and that I should be doing audiobooks. Oh. So, podcasting, next best thing. Yeah. Apparently you're all being treated to a really good voice right now, apparently. Don't you feel lucky, you you, you lucky, lucky people. Lucky, lucky people. Don't, don't, don't the rest of your lives just seem pale and, and pathetic in comparison? Absolutely. They should. But the follow-on to that story ah. is it has a happy ending. Oh. Although I didn't get... Like Bambi. No, I didn't get this into the rant on, or do you think that's just bollocks, because... That was recorded long before the happy ending, and funnily enough, I wasn't ranting about the happy ending. That would make s- Yes. This is a whole incestuous podcasting story, because the rant was on, or do you think that's just bollocks, and the happy ending involves Major Nelson's podcast over at Xbox. Hmm. I emailed the Major, and I told him my, my sob story, and the very next working day, I get a phone call from Microsoft Tech Support, being very apologetic and understanding. I, I'm imagining this was probably a higher tier of tech support than I was talking to earlier, <laughs> and they fixed the problem. Hmm. So I'm now back online with my gold subscription, and I no longer have any reason to complain, and it's just quite ironic that my rant, ripping into them, played a couple of days after I got my service back. Ah. But are you now playing Settlers of Catan? I am now playing Settlers of Catan. Excellent. I'm playing far too much Settlers of Catan. No such thing. I've already broken every achievement on that game, apart from the ones that require you to be online, because up until my service came back on, I couldn't play online. Uh-huh. And now the Halo 3 beat is out, and you can't get on live to save your fucking life. <laughs> I can... Rowan's got an Xbox 360 and an internet connection. Does she have an invite into the Halo 3 beta? I can forge one. That's difficult to do, but you can just buy a copy of Crackdown. That includes an invite into the Halo 3 beta. Ah, is it good? The Halo 3 beta? Uh, both. Crackdown is fun. It's sort of Grand Theft Auto, but you're a genetically engineered super cop. And why not, yes. And why not? That can get really silly. I mean, you level up. You go to stupid genetically engineered levels where you can pick up cars and throw them at the bad guys. It's great fun. Nice. And the explosions are awesome. <laughs> so Crackdown's a lot of fun. Halo 3 beta earned non-disclosure agreement. I can't possibly tell you that it's awesome and that the Mongoose is fantastic, which is a sort of scaled-down quad bike version of the Warthog. I can't possibly tell you the Spartan laser is awe-inspiring. Lasers? Spartan laser. It's a good thing you didn't tell me. I couldn't possibly tell you anything about how the graphics are just pant-wettingly beautiful. And I couldn't tell you how it's one of the most fun multiplayer experiences on a console since, well, let's say, Goldeneye. Wow. Mostly because I can't remember the name of Time Splitters. I couldn't at the time. Now I'm remembering Time Splitters and I'm uh, saying it's one of the most fun multiplayer experiences since Time Splitters on a is. console. What about Halo, the original? Uh, I never got into the original Halo as a multiplayer. Okay, fine. I think Halo is the better single-player game, and Halo 2 is the better multiplayer game. Yeah, I'll, I'll stand in with you. However, it is it is a very good thing that you didn't tell me, you know, any of that. Although, from your descriptions... That you or did, indeed anyone listening. Yeah, you didn't tell them either. But I'm sure from their descriptions, they, like me, will, will honestly be thinking about those graphics and have wet themselves, as I indeed just have. So, yeah, if the multiplayer is anything to go by, the single-player experience is going to be an awful lot of fun. But it does mean if you want to play anything else on Xbox Live at all right now, you're screwed, because they were running 
running the beta on a small scale before, but now that any, anyone anyone in the world who owns a copy of Crackdown has been invited into the beta mm-hmm. and loads of contest winners and all sorts of things. And I think there's a friends and family system going on over at Bungie where everyone who works for them can invite someone in. So it's just ramped up massively. So Xbox Live struggling with uh, all of them downloading the nearly one gigabyte sized beta. Shit and everyone who's already got it is playing it. Mm. So poor suckers who want to go on and play a board game, which really shouldn't have the highest bandwidth requirements in the world. It's, oh no, lag. I, I found out what the dice roll was a second and a half after my opponents. That, But still, you can't. Right. I, I tried the other night. I set up six or seven ranked games and all of them crapped out network-wise. So live's struggling. But then that's what Halo will do for you. It, it will. So yes, Settlers of Catan. Based on the... Uh, 25-year-old board game? I guess that makes it retro. It does, like Watchmen. Yes, it might not be that old, but it's an old board game, and it's a lot of fun. I still haven't managed to play Tycho yet. No? No, I can can never find the game he's on. Mm. I would like to. Although we did have fun playing Man of the Pub, Settlers of Catan. Yes, because, well, yeah, absolutely. I think Settlers of Catan is a lot more fun in a pub, around a table, in a cellar bar, with beer and friends. Yeah, and, and chips and bacon. But the console version is the closest you can get to that, and, you know, you don't actually have to have other people around to play it. Yeah, you can be an anti-social gear. And it costs less than the board game. Ah, fair enough. So, I like Settlers of Catan. Two thumbs up. Excellent. Anyway, do you think we've talked enough crap? We need 15 minutes more crap, I think. Do we need 15 minutes more crap, or shall we move on to the mail? The mail! Ah, yes! Let's go on to the mail. We have listeners Uh, who have got in touch with us. It's scary, but it's true. They are both people we know personally. This, yeah, there is that. It reduces the cachet slightly. But still, they are people, they have listened, and they have... They have ears. ...responded in such a way as they wish to contact us. Ah. So, yes... Oh, the rustling of the paper. Paper, yeah. paper, paper messages. Wow. We've got mail. They're, they're only paper messages because I printed them, but still. Because I wonder what electricity would sound like if you rustled it. That'd be awesome. Angry, I think, is... Oh, I'm thinking the Gremlin from Gremlins too. Oh, he rocked. Did you bring that with you? Uh, no, I'll bring it tomorrow. Anyway, our first email is from Josh. Hello, Josh. Who is our friend down in London at university, who writes, Good morning, gentlemen, which is so close to being perfect. In fact, for everyone listening now, all mail in future must be addressed. <laughs> How are you, gentlemen? <laughs> Zero wing. That's one we're going to have to review. Um, do you really think we... Yes. Yes, we should. That Just because... Everyone already knows a little bit about Zero Wing. If only because we should just get voice changes and make it sound like the, the, when they did the voices for, for it. Oh. Have you heard those? Yes. Oh. Anyway, excellent work thus far, he goes on to write. So excellent, in fact, I am now in the process converting the masses of London. That's right, there was no of. To begin their worship of the retro gaming joy. Right. But I was wondering if the two of you would divulge your thoughts on the evolution and subsequent slump of the Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat series, or for that matter, any of the side-scrolling beat-em-ups too. Hmm. Well, Street Fighter, definitely. How can we do a retro gaming podcast and not talk about Street Fighter? This is true. Especially Street Fighter 2, on that little machine I've got. I think by Street Fighter, he means Street Fighter 2. Yeah. Although he then goes on to talk about side-scrolling beat-em-ups, which the original Street Fighter was, but Mortal Kombat never was. There was a, no, there was a Mortal Kombat which was a side-scrolling beat Was there a side-scrolling Mortal Kombat? Um, I think it was Mortal Kombat Mythology or something like that, where you play as Sub-Zero. I have not encountered that. I, I've never played it, but I've seen it in cheat books. Hmm. Um, I'll have a look into it at some point. Okay, well, we will, uh, we, if we do a Mortal Kombat episode, we will have to deal with both the original Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat Mythology, or whatever it's called. Yes, I could but, be yes, wrong. Street Fighter 2, 
And it's many editions. Yeah, it's one of them I have, and I'm not sure which one. It's the original and Turbo, isn't it? Well, there's more than that, because uh, there's also Championship, there's New Challengers. Has it got Cammy in it? No. Pre-New Challengers, I was very though. annoyed at that. I do like Cammy. Because she came in along with a couple of other characters in the New Challenger edition. Yes, because so, this has only got the one female character, it's only got Chun-Li in it. That'll be the original. You've got the original hyper-fighting, haven't you? Yes. No? Yes? Yes. Because it's Turbo. Yes. Yes. Many, many versions, as I said. It gets confusing. But we but shall all, deal with Street But Bars. all of them are lighting that cry from the crowd while someone's fighting Chun-Li. Yes. Which we won't go into here. We may have younger listeners. Oh, come on. We've already said fuck and cunt today. Have we? On here? Yes, I have. Have you? Yes. Just then? Well, actually, I may not have said cunt before now, but I definitely said fuck. Uh, well, you said it twice now. Three times at least. Yeah. Shall we? Okay. On, on three? No, no, I think I'm just going to let you do it and bask in the glory of it. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, I'm too nervous now. I'm too... Punch him in the cunt! There we go. And we uh, also had kick him in the cock. Yes. To go along with it. So just so both genders would feel equally hated. Absolutely. And abused. Yeah. Mortal Kombat definitely wants to talk about that. Fatalities. Finish him. Friendships. Babality. What the fuck was that about? <laughs> there was a lot of randomness that came into Mortal Kombat later on. In fact... Frosty! Well, there we go. He wants us to talk about the evolution and subsequent slump of Mortal Kombat. Babality. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> the, We've uh, answered the slump part I, I think of it. he means when it when it got 3D. Well, yeah. that's Well, for both of them, actually, that's a good answer. This 3D Street Fighters? Exactly. Oh, uh, I feel I feel dirty. There are 3D Street Fighters, uh, although they are much less well-known. And then he goes on to say, as well as, to go with the brilliance of Monkey Island, which we've already announced that we're going to talk about, Brilliant. some of LucasArts' other point-and-click works, like Full Throttle, which I know Josh is a big fan of, or Beneath the Steel Sky, which I am a big fan of. Or Day of the Tentacle. Or Day of the which Tentacle. Which I giggle at whenever I hear. <laughs> Day of the Tentacle. Absolutely, Loon is another classic. Mm-hmm. And really, if it's on the Scum Engine, we'll get round to it. And we will, of course, get round to Sam and Max. Of course. Because that's possibly the archetypal point and click other than Monkey Island. Or possibly Broken Sword. Yeah, that came later. Oh, I might, I may just be saying that because Broken Sword was the very first point and click I played and I loved it. It is a fantastic game and Broken Sword stayed brilliant even when it did make the transition into 3D. Ah. Broken Sword 3. Brilliant. You've got to check that out. Shall do. But Beneath the Steel Sky, we actually spoke about last week a little bit, but it got edited out again. Dave Gibbons, artist from Watchmen, ah, he's did a the background art for, for Beneath the Steel Sky. Ah, okay. Because it was a British-made game, and he's a British artist. Mm-hmm. He's also a genius. It's also quite topical, because I've just finished rereading Watchmen, and you're still reading it for the first time. I'm very nearly finished. It's good. It's good. I've not seen the thing you were telling me about, of the scary death everywhere, and I still can't see what's going to happen yet. I know. But it's, it's been put... I, I saw where you were when you were reading through. It's been put right out in front of you. You've seen it already. <laughs> seen what? Exactly. What, what have I... <laughs> They've landed in Antarctica. I've not seen anything that's capable of eating and killing and destroying You'll and see. slowing You'll up. You'll see. And... You've already seen it. Everything's been put in front of you. The, all the pieces of the puzzle are already there. But you still don't. I, I reread it and I knew. And I still only just saw where all the pieces come together. <sighs> It's fantastic, fantastic novel okay. of the graphic variety. Yes, very graphic. You have seen it already, I'll just tell you that. Anyway, Josh looks forward to our future works and aims to convert more people to more efficient fuel-burning consoles and to teach them to occasionally turn off the seemingly nuclear isotope-powered beasts of this console generation. Which is worthy. Eloquent. It's eloquent and it's also worthy. 
Yes. I, I wouldn't suggest turning off the modern consoles too quickly. Unless it's an Xbox 360, in which case get off live and make more room, please. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. But the 360, for example, on live arcade, Street Fighter's there. Yes. And it's not a complete remake. It's still very accurate to the original. So you can get your retro experience there. It's just in high def. Got Centipede and Millipede. Mm-hmm. Got your retro experience there. Then, of course, the Wii. There's the Wii, which, although not... Retro precisely has the virtual console. It does. Which is just a retro gold mine. <laughs> and the modern games on the Wii still have the same sort of retro mindset. They do. It's it's more fun than boring. Yes. Well, it's more fun as the the cornerstone of the product. Yes. It's their focus, that, and it's a very narrow focus. It's got to be fun. Yes. Which I approve of. Hmm. Anyway, our other contact, because it's not an email, although we gave out our address and I encouraged everyone to email in, our friend Alex still decided to leave a comment on my blog. What a lovely guy. Hey, all feedback is appreciated, no matter what form it comes in, unless it's in the form of, like, tied around a housebreak thrown through my window. Less keen on that. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, give it to me. I'm going to build my own house. <gasps> build a house with hate mail. Oh, that would be so cool. Well, there you go, listeners. You've got a challenge. Can you provide <laughs> enough hate mail wrapped around house bricks to let Jack build his own house? This would be so cool. I'm going to write down plans for this. Where's Harvey? So Alex tells, uh, writes, I've subscribed and listened to it. Fucking genius, I say. Loved every minute of it. I remember playing I Have No Mouth at age eight. Huh. I think that ki- that's kind of responsible for me turning out to be the cornerstone of society that I am today. You undersell yourself, sir. Doesn't he? And he also asks, out of interest, have you tried Geometry Wars on the 360? You can download a free demo of it, I believe. You can. You're absolutely right. And I'll say that for you and for everyone else listening who hasn't tried Geometry Wars. Or has a 360. <laughs> then, yes, you can download a free demo of Geometry Wars, and it is a lot of fun. Now, it's not a retro game, which is the interesting thing about it. It's a newer game that's made to look... It was a mini-game in Project Gotham Racing 2. Ah. And a hyped-up version of it, Retro Evolved. Geometry Wars, Retro Evolved. Right. I think that's a, a play on Combat Evolved from Halo. Yeah, okay. Is available on Xbox Live. And may also feature as a mini-game in Project Gotham 3. But yeah. to explain Geometry Wars, for those who have not played it, because that's that includes you. It, it does. I am um, knowledgeable. You play a, a circle with a sort of C-shaped polygon inside it. And you have two thumbstick control. Left thumbstick moves you around the screen. Right thumbstick shoots in whatever direction you push the thumbstick. So complete spherical movement, well, circular movement. Yeah. And you're being chased by polygons, various different types. There's like a blue diamond and green sort of clover-shaped things, and that's it. Okay. It sounds really dull, but with all the particle effects going on and the warping backgrounds and just the sheer intensity of it, you can lose yourself in it quite quickly. Very hard, very frustrating, like the traditional retro games were, and all the menus are done in sort of simple green line style. Mm-hmm. So they're very much trying to make it feel like a really, really old arc arcade game. Excellent. But fantastic amount of fun to play. Some Something that fills in that gap that doesn't exist with modern gaming so much of the, I've got five minutes. Yeah, no, I can't think of any really. That, no. Mm. Current titles are far too much. You need 20, 30 minutes to sit down and complete a good session of it. Yeah. Because the levels are so expansive or the gaps between checkpoints. There's not that, mm, got five minutes, throw it on kind of a feeling anymore. True. And Geometry Wars will do that for you because you won't survive more than five minutes <laughs> unless you're very good and very lucky. Kind of like Sinister. Sinister? Old game. We shall come to it. The first ever game to include digitised speech. Ah. Very badly. I like bad. Especially because <laughs> digitised speech. Uh, if you... Oh, there was a really old TV show over here in the UK called Bits, if you're familiar with that. Three girls hosting a video gaming show. Nope. 
they used Sinistar samples in their theme music. Huh. Specifically, the Run Coward was in there. <laughs> and that was Sinistar. He used to announce himself, I am Sinistar, but in much scratchier 8-bit mono recording. And it would really give you a fright. Fucking did. If it was the first time you'd ever played it, no game up to this point had had sampled speech. So you've never heard a computer game talk back to you. I see your point, yeah. And you're playing, and then suddenly you hear, Run, coward! You fucking go through your skin. You really do. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And that's probably the only thing about the game that made it so memorable, was it was everyone's first experience of hearing the game talk back. Yeah. And it was such a mean game. <laughs> it didn't say anything nice at any point. So yes, oh, well, we've hit our half hour of crap. Okay, half hour of crap, done. Which is interesting, considering I was thinking after last week, this might turn into a half hour show, but oh. apparently not. Oh, well. Half hour of crap. 45 minutes, we could... Uh, okay. Well, if we say we talk about the game for half an hour, talk crap for half an hour, as a regular sort of structure, people know that they can just skip forward half an hour into the show. Brilliant. <laughs> or cut out the last half hour of the show, or... Yes. Listen to the la- You know, be, be creative. Listen to five minutes either side. Oh, that'd be mad. And intercut. Yeah. Yeah. Like, when you're flipping through... You've got two movies on two different movie channels, and you're flipping through the both of them, and together they form a, a sort of a hybrid movie, which is better than some of its parts. With a meta plot. Yeah. Yeah. That is Merlism in action. I've decided to convert to Merlism. I'm going to collect sticks soon. Excellent. Yes. Because you should never be without a stick. I shouldn't. For anyone who's um, interested, by the way, that's www.e-merl.com. Where you can also find the fantastic webcomic Brain Fist. Ah, oh, yes, and Icarus Creeps. Now, I'll leave the email evangelism to you, because mm. I am a dedicated pastafarian. This is true. So, another world. Another world. That's what we're here to talk about this week, not that you wouldn't know. What do you mean? <laughs> Up until this point, I don't think it's been mentioned. Yeah. What? Where are we? What? Another world. First thing I want to say about another world. May I, may I say my first thing about another world? Oh, go ahead. It's fucking hard! It's unfair! How how did games like this even exist back in the days before there were guides and walkthroughs and FAQs and... It's just hard! Yeah, you've raised a good point there. It is incredibly difficult as a game. And, well, guides and things did exist in a very limited fashion. Not on the internet, Mm. really, sort of 1991 era. But you could find gaming magazines that would include sort of strategies and walkthroughs for popular titles. I don't think I ever had one of those for another world, though. Ah. Uh, I had to figure this out on my own. I never understood how you did. No, well, you can see why it took so long. Yeah. It's a short game. Once you know what you're doing and play through it simply, it's very brief. Yes. The gameplay length comes from not knowing what the fuck you're meant to be doing. Very, very much so. I got eaten by so many mollusks. You really did. Anyway, the first thing I would like to clear up is I called the protagonist Lester. Yes, you did. And you were absolutely convinced that at no point in the game is he referred to as Lester and that I've made it up. Well, mostly because there is no dialogue. He doesn't wear a name tag. Um, so when he tells that it gives him his last name, they say, hello, Dr. something or other. Professor. Professor, I can't remember his last name. No, they just call him Professor. Oh, they say, okay, they call him Professor. They do not call him Professor... Uh, anything. And, you know, even the big alien dude who sort of looks at him, all he says is, <laughs> Oh, come on, he's got a much nicer voice. Mycino? Or something like that. Yeah, he's got a really nice voice for a yeah. really huge, gruff alien yeah, with a all, big square All the other ones sort of just talk like, <laughs> But he's the really big, brutish one that sort of has a really nice, squeaky voice. Yes. You're right. At no point in the game is the name Lester mentioned. Thank you. I'm it's not in doing the that. manual. Ah. 
The manual is a sort of handwritten journal with screenshots as pictures pasted in. Right. And it is the manual of Lester Knight Chaikin, is ah, his name. Okay. So there you go. That's where the name Lester comes from. I knew it was in there somewhere, but I do admit I had to go back and sort of think, how do I know that? <laughs> Have I confused that with Fade to Black or Flashback? Yeah. Um, no, I haven't. Lester is the protagonist of Another World. Okay. So you play Lester, red-headed physicist, who drives off to his particle accelerator in his Ferrari. Of course. As the computer observes. One stormy night. It's always a dark and stormy night. night with ravens flying and, and witches brewing stuff. And I might add, you, you arrive at this laboratory in what, for the time, is an amazingly beautifully animated intro sequence. It's not that bad. Um, I mean, it even holds up a little bit today. Yeah. I've seen worse. Yeah. So Lester arrives, steps into his lab, running one of his experiments, his many experiments that he, as a red-headed physicist, runs. Of course. Kicks back with a can of drink as the lightning storm hits the particle re- accelerator. Particle accelerator. These red-headed physicists, physicists are always just so laid back and not paying that much attention. And they always get in trouble. They do. They Gordon get, Freeman. Yeah, they always get sucked her into another world. Yep. But if I dye well, my hair, I become a physicist. Gordon Freeman kind of sucked another world into this one. Yeah. But he bit. did go to Zen. You no, know, no, we don't talk about that. No? The Zen levels were shit. No, no, at the beginning when he goes to... Oh, that's true. He does and flash he into it briefly. The, unless you count the, the, the game when uh, me and my friend Alex, uh, unrelated to the... Um, Alex, who wrote it. Alex, who wrote it. Who, and we were playing Half-Life, and you showed me for the first time, and we got, te- you know, got teleported to these all these different cutscenes, and then got telep- toilet, uh, teleported back to Earth, and looking around everything. We got teleported to Zen, in the very last level. Yeah. Yeah. That's random. It was. We couldn't complete it, because we didn't have the jetpack. <laughs> that sucked. But anyway, Lester. Lightning strikes the particle accelerator. As it always does. And in a huge explosion... Frankenstein's monster is born. However, meanwhile at the particle accelerator... Oh, okay. A huge spherical hole appears in the laboratory, and Lester appears in another world. That's the brief summation of the, the sort of introduction of the game. Mm-hmm. Now, how this game looks is quite unique. This is true. Because the background art, which is done in a traditional bitmap raster, traditional illustrative style... Mm is very good for the time. Yes. Although what you've played is the collector's editions, which, which is even better. Nicer, yeah. uh, because the guy who made this game, brief pause as I look up Eric Chahi's name, was an illustrator by trade. Okay. So beautiful backgrounds. But the characters are vector polygons. Mm-hmm. Quite simple, because at the time, you know, it was a new technology. In fact, this game pioneered it. But they animate beautifully. Right. Because they have so little memory involved in drawing out a vector, he could put so much more attention into the animation. Which is why the whole game is very expressive. Yeah. It doesn't need dialogue, because people are gesturing, pointing, kicking showing, people in the crotches. Kicking people in the crotch. Yeah. Showing you what you should do. Mm-hmm. And this was inspired by Dragon's Lair. Ah. If you've ever seen that one. I've seen bits of, I think I've seen it in a Scissor Sisters music video. Possibly. Weird weird knight running around in very cartoony form. Mm. That was completely bitmap driven, so massive amounts of memory. Mm. Uh, You can get it on Laserdisc and it was on an arcade machine with loads of dedicated memory. You could get it on the Amiga on a stack of floppy disks. Bloody hell. I mean a stack of them. Mm. And you had to swap every every so often. Now, Eric Chahi looked at this and thought, well, this is cartoons. It's areas of flat colour. Yeah. If you did that as vector, you could compress the whole thing right down. You could have a game of beautifully animated, very emotive characters and fit it all on one floppy disk easy. Yeah. So he set about setting himself the challenge, hence another world. Yeah. 
he rotoscoped all the animation. Which is... Rotoscoping is where you literally draw over film. Ah, okay. Frame by frame, you look at the film and draw, trace it, essentially. It's how they used to add the lightsaber effects in Star Wars. Frame by frame, they would look at where the stick was and paint on the glow. Oh, okay. And I don't know if that's how they still do it. I'd imagine they do it with fancy CG now. But yeah. Imagine. That was how they did it back then. Mm-hmm. And it's quite a common animating technique to get really realistic, believable movement. Yeah. Of course, when Eric Chahi did this, digital video didn't exist. Digital media didn't exist. It was done with a VHS, hmm. a VCR tape recorder on freeze frame. Oh dear. With all the fuzz and noise that includes, and also with a VCR, which, if you leave it on freeze frame too long, will click off and start playing again. So, hand rotoscoped every frame of animation within the time limits constrained on him by the freeze frame of his VCR. Which makes it all the more impressive. It's a hell of an accomplishment. Especially when you consider this entire game was made by Eric on his own, in his garage, apart from the music. Hmm, fair enough. Which we will come on to, because there's a story about that as well. Mm-hmm. So yes, Another World, an experiment in vector-driven gaming, which he takes on to his employer's Delphine Software, where he'd worked before doing Future Wars, another game we might come on to, point-and-click okay. adventure, All right. where he'd done the background art. That was in 89. So a couple of years later, in fact, he must have started on this immediately when he stopped working on Future Wars, because this is 91, and I know Another World took two years to make. Busy man. He comes into Delphine, and they pick up the game, hmm. even though it was one guy's project built on his Amiga 500 in his garage, <laughs> and they release it for the Amiga. Now, Eric Chahi will tell you this is probably the least polished of all the versions, because there wasn't a huge amount of quality control. Yeah. What quality control are you going to do on your own in your garage? Yeah. But it did hugely well. Came out on the Atari ST as well at the same time. Slightly reduced version there, because the Atari ST, for technical reasons, didn't have the same music reproduction capability. Okay. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. So it did really, really well, and Delphine want to cash in, as you might expect. And yeah. this is where we get into how many versions are there of Another World. Oh, let me count the way. <laughs> Another World has been released on the Amiga and the Atari as the initial releases. Mm-hmm. It was then released for the PC. Now, the PC version, well, the DOS version, I should say, has a new level in it. Delphine said the game was too short. Now, you've played the Collector's Edition, which has the new level, and it's still a short game. Yep, which and one was the new level? Now you're asking. See, I've done research, but it's not been exhaustive. Uh, so they tell you there is a new level, they just don't tell you which I one I know it it's is. in the middle. It's in the middle. It's at neither the beginning nor the, the end. end. So it's not the Naked Alien Girls. No, because um, that was already set. It yeah. may be one of the uh, one of the areas in the caverns, oh. or it may be one of the areas in the prison. That really would have made the game a lot longer. They added a new level, and this was actually ported over to the PC by a man named Daniel Murray. So not Eric's work. It also came out on the Mac. The little Mac versus PC debate here. They were identical, except the Mac was higher resolution. Aha. Uh-huh. So yeah, anyone anyone who wants to fight the Mac versus PC war, there, <laughs> there's a bit of evidence for the Mac side. Then it moved on to consoles, where it was on the SNES and the Mega Drive. Okay. Now, right off the bat, the Sega version is harder. I'm surprised I didn't pick up the Mega Drive version. I used to Ooh. have one of those. But I only had one game for it, and it was like six in one. Ah, uh, one of those. Golden Axe and Streets of Rage and Columns and Shinobi. Not a bad compilation. And Sega World Cup Soccer Rally. Less good, yeah. but not a bad compilation, though. Some of that was good. I did enjoy Golden Axe. Mm. But yes, the, the Sega Another World. The Sega Another World is harder. Again, you've played the Collector's Edition, which has the extra bad guys in. Right. right at the beginning, the guard who shoots you in the back, he's new. I, if we're talking about hardness and enemies and stuff, I will point out this first thing. The very, very, very first interactive part of the game, where you are, you just suddenly appear in a big 
tunnel full of water, and you know you don't. You might not even realise you you've taken control. No, there's still nothing part- to tell you that the game has started. No, no heads up display comes up. It just goes boom. There you are. Now, if you don't start moving your ass as soon as you appear, you are going to get eaten by giant tentacles that come up from the bottom of the screen and come out of the water. This game is unfair. This is the game telling you very early on, pay close attention, and you will die if something bad happens. There's no health involved here. Mm -hmm. There's no second chances. If you mess up, you will die. The game gives you that message very early on. Because, uh, let me tell you, first time you see it, you don't necessarily know. No. Then you see yourself drown. Second time it happens, you know. And you fucking move. And you don't stop moving. Well, not necessarily. I mean, the first time it happens, I I went went off and and escaped. Second, then I got killed by something else. And the second time I thought, I wonder. So I swam down into the tentacles and died. Yes, that's not the usual way round, but you still saw yourself drown. Yes. Where was I? Sega version, harder. Mm -hmm. Harder, more bad guys. Also in the collector's edition. The Nintendo version also had its own editing. This is just strange. It It is a little bit. The first one, understandable, still kind of happens today in some markets, specifically the German market. Anything red and connoting to blood was changed. Mm. So the sort of pink mucus in the jaws of the uh, cave creatures, yes. which you saw a lot of, mm. uh, became green. Huh. It's a censorship thing that still happens today in Germany. Yes, it does, because they, they have a big trouble with Resident Evil, I know that much. Mm. The other edit that happened for Nintendo is the peculiar one. Yeah. First of all, why don't you describe the aliens? Um, shaved gorillas. I, I see shaved. Some of them do have ponytails. Um, yeah. They are sort of shaved gorillas if they were made out of rock as well, because yeah, they're grey and quite square. Very blocky heads. Yes. And the females look pretty much the same. Very much so. Thinner, but still rock trolls. And there is a scene where Lester comes crashing in through the ceiling of a swimming pool, and there are a load of naked female aliens sat around who scream and run off. Yes, they do. you see from behind. Nintendo thought this scene of the behinds of grey, angular, rock troll women was too sexual. Damn it, they were right. So they reduced the width of the crack of their ass by three pixels, and that made it acceptable. One of the edits I've never understood to any game ever. Right, it's Nintendo. It is. They changed the console's name from the Revolution to the Wii, which I know you have explained to me, but let's face it, if they can change the name for the, to the Wii, at face value, it's a bit mad. Nintendo aren't known for their sanity, it's true. Yes. But yes, the three pixels were altered, and everyone was happy. Apart from Eric Chahi, Interplay were publishing the console versions. Right. And they wanted to replace the music. I told you we'd come back to the music. Ah, oh, yes, this story of rocks. Eric's friend, who I believe was called Jean-Francois, who is not at all stereotypically French, French of course not, did the original Aww. music. And I love the original music music. I think it's great. It's the one on the version I yes. It's very nice. And Interplay wanted to replace it. So Eric in protest <laughs> decides to take a large sheet of paper write in extremely large letters keep the original music on a several feet long piece of paper. Feeds it into his fax machine, tapes the ends together and lets it go. Running infinitely and just spooling paper out of Interplay's uh, fax machine. Reading keep the original music. Now that actually didn't have any bearing on their decision whatsoever. However it did make one of the employees at Interplay take another listen to the music and then they went and made the case that the original music actually is really good. So Interplay instead added music to the game rather than replacing Jean-Francois' music. Fair enough. 
which was a bit of a success there. Now, there was a console once upon a time called the 3DO. Are you familiar with the 3DO? I'm not. <laughs> For anyone who is not familiar with the 3DO, including Jack, it was garbage. It was CD-driven garbage. So, the PlayStation. I think it was a Panasonic machine, actually. Bloody hell. And they were trying to break into gaming. Did it work? No. I actually remember seeing a 3DO for sale in the arcade here in town. Really? And it was hooked into what then passed for a big screen TV. Because the CD gave it a... <laughs> I was about to say high definition, but that word's changed a lot. In higher years. definition. Higher definition than the NES, say. Or a SNES. So it was a crab with a battery stuck up its ass. And you know what? It looked great. Even though what they were selling was a football game, it had a genuine 3D flyover and multiple camera angles, and I was dead impressed. Hmm. Then I looked at what games were available for it, and I laughed and walked out of the shop. <laughs> The 3DO was a massive failure, as in fact was the version of Another World for the 3DO. Oh dear. Because they insisted that the artwork be redone, the background artwork be mm. redone, because they could have huge files stored on a CD, so they could have incredibly intricate, detailed artwork. I, I didn't think there was anything wrong with the original artwork. No, no, I didn't know. And they made it so intricate and complex that you couldn't actually tell where the walls finished and where the floors finished and what was background and what was foreground. <sighs> And it made the game damn near impossible. So well done, Panasonic, if that's who made the 3DO, I can't remember. You oh, let's, suck. Let's just say it, it is. Yeah, it? yeah, fuck you, Panasonic. Yeah, and if it's not, we're sorry, Panasonic. But if it is, you don't get any apology. Absolutely. Or a cookie. However, it also came out on CD again. Yeah. On the Mega CD. The Meg The Sega Mega CD. Oh, God, that. The CD add-on for the Mega Drive. Mm. That was great. It had Echo the Dolphin on it. I, I never liked Echo. I loved Echo. I could never figure out where I was meant to go. It was such a huge ocean. I just spent most of my time going, Hey, I'm jumping over the waves. So did I. But it's just I happened to enjoy that experience. Okay. <laughs> Mostly because it just reminds me of a really shit game on the PlayStation. I know... It timing and stuff. Yeah. But I played one before the other uh, called Fluid. Oh, right. Which was a bit weird. Mm. It was essentially... Have you played it? No. You play a dolphin. Okay, that's, that's a similarity right away. Right. But it's 3D and you except from behind the dolphin in like a kind of third person style. Yep. And you swing around and there's rocks you can touch. When you touch them they go... Bing! And make a sound a little light. Okay. Right. That is the entirety of the game. <laughs> Is you swim around. Now, is this the entirety of the game, or much in the same way for you, the entirety of Echo the Dolphin was splashing along the top of the water? No, I've looked into this. The entirety of the game was to swim around and touch little things and make lights and, and ding sounds. I looked into it. It's apparently a stress relief game. Oh, okay. Yeah, it got me very angry. For a stress relief game, it got me very angry because I was there saying, where the fuck are my machine guns? Hmm. I can see how that would happen. Hmm. No, that's interesting. I'm going to have to uh, do some research into that, I think. I could, of course, be completely wrong. It could have just been a dream. It could have been, but I'll have some. I'll have a dig Excellent. and see what I can find out. Anyway, the Mega CD version. The Mega CD. They had a different approach to how to cram things onto a CD and go, look how much storage we've got. They didn't fuck up Another World, which is great. Hmm. I, I like this. They did, however, include a whole other game on the disc. Hmm. Now, that sounds like a good thing. It does. In fact, it was a sequel to Another World. Ah. Done in the same style, the same vector animation. And now, in Another World, okay. for those of you who are not familiar with it, there is one particular alien who we've mentioned before, who is a nice guy. He is. We shall, um, from this moment on, call him Dumb. Fuck. He is a dumb fuck. He but is. 
Uh, he is your pal who seems to want nothing more than to help you out of tight situations. And get himself into even tighter situations. Well, we don't know he wants to do that, but he does continue to get himself stuck, knocked off walls, fall down pits. So he's not there when you really need him, only when the game wants him to be there. Mm-hmm. Now, Heart of the Alien, which is the sequel that was included on the Mega CD version, okay. was another world told from Dumbfuck's point of view. Ah. Which is a great idea. That's a fantastic idea. And in fact, if they'd let Eric make it, it probably would have been fantastic. I see where you're going with this. Interplay yeah. developed Heart of the Alien themselves for the Mega CD, and it sucked donkey balls. Oh dear. Maybe, maybe worth a play if you happen to own a Mega CD already. Mm-hmm and you happen to own the disc already. Buy nothing to play this game, but if you happen to own it already, go on, give it a play. Might as well. That's the only circumstance under which I think you can tolerate playing this game is if you happen to already have it. I'm not suggesting anyone go out and look for it. In fact, my only notes on Heart of the Alien, I I have show notes, and my only notes read, Heart of the Alien developed by Interplay. Rubbish. That's all I needed to know. Why is it so bad? It's just not fun. Hmm. It's hard to put into words, but Another World is challenging but enjoyable. Heart of the Alien is neither of these things. It's easy? It's easier, but that's not saying much. Yeah, this is true. A lot of the challenge is taken away compared to Another World. Hmm. And you just feel like you're going through the motions rather than beating a game. Fair enough. And also, you, you can't have as much empathy for Dumbfuck as you can for Lester. Because really? Lester is a human. Yeah. But there's, he's an alien, all the bad guys are aliens... Which one am I? Shit, I'm dead. I see your point. Mm. Which, one am, I, which one am I? I'm the one that got vaporised, okay. But yes, the, the history of the versions does not stop there. Oh, why? That was the last official release for a good long while, hmm. but not the last unofficial release. There is a Game Boy Advance version, and this was completely unofficial. It was reverse-engineered from the Atari. Okay. Now, when it first came out, which was in 2004, Eric, the creator of Another World, I don't know if he actually took legal proceedings or just wrote to the developer and said, said, you know, this is an unauthorised release, please don't. Yeah. But it got stopped, either way. Right. However, a year later, Eric went, no, fuck it, actually. It's great. Go on, release it. So there is a GBA version out there. It's homebrew, which means you require either a GBA emulator or a flashcard on your GBA. Yeah. Again, legal grey area, we're not endorsing you having one, but there are perfectly legal reasons to have one. Yeah. And if you've got one, this is actually legal. Yeah. So go out and play the GBA version of Another World. We're not going to tell you to go do it, but if you want to... No, this one, we will actually, if you've got the kit, we will tell you to go out and play it because it's legal, it's endorsed by Eric, and it's fantastic. And it's a good game. There's also a Game Park 32 version. Ah, the Game Park. (laughs) The Game Park. Also known as the Jolly Roger of gaming consoles. That's not a bad name for it. The Game Park is what's known as the Enthusiast console, or the, or the homebrew enthusiast console. Uh-huh. Now, any time you hear someone saying how good something is for homebrew, they mean how good it is for contravention of software intellectual property, or piracy. Har har! Yaramati. Which would not be as popular today if it was called what you called it before. Indeed. But the Game Park 32 is a handheld console that instead of having cartridges has smart media cards. The same kind you can buy for cameras and phones and plug into card readers on computers which of course means it's very easy to put your own code on a smart media code and plug it into the Game Park, which a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. 
even if those happen to be Game Boy games that they've uh, ripped off and put onto a smart media card and plugged into the game park, for example. And there is another world version of that. Again, another completely reverse-engineered version, although I'm not sure which version he reverse-engineered it from in this instance. I'm also not sure if this one's got the endorsement of Eric, because it's <laughs> it's a Korean console running on smart media. I doubt anyone could stop it, yeah. even if he wanted to. But that version also exists. Okay. However, all this reverse-engineering did lead to some interesting developments when the guy who did the GBA version mm-hmm. developed a version for uh, Windows Mobile, huh. basically. And, oh no, no, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Shoot me. Mobile phones. Symbian. Symbian? The Nokia operating system. Ah, and also the Sony Ericsson. It's, you know, that standard that you see on a lot of a lot of phones. Yeah. There is a Symbian version made by the same guy who did the GBA version. And so much so that Eric, who previously endorsed the GBA version, actually helped out altering some of the scripting for the mobile phone. Huh. He even dug out his old Amiga 500 to do it, which <laughs> I think is fantastic. And this whole idea of working on another world again, and people still loving another world, even though it was years old, led to the creation of the Collector's Edition. Which is the one you showed me which is the one i lent you which is the version i have which mm. is the one with all the enhanced background art done not for the 3do but done by eric for the collector's edition uh-huh. with the high def resolution the high def widescreen resolution yep the extra levels from the pc version and the, the extra, extra bad guys from the sega version and the extra width of alien ass crack and the extra width of alien ass crack no ass crack has been denied you in this version. This is the ultimate version. And that was released in 2005. Hmm. But my favourite thing about this is because it's vector-driven and the graphics can scale to any size. If you want, you can turn all the options off and play it in half VGA or whatever it was. The original DOS version, Uh the original artwork at the original resolution, all the way up to like 1280x800. So it is everything that you could want from another world. It's all the another world goodness rammed in. Into one small lovable package. So that's a a shitload of another world trivia. It's like stuffing a puppy dog with bacon. I think so. Yes. But that is a shitload of Another World trivia. The only trivia left to give you is that you can get the demo mm-hmm. for free of the collector's edition from anotherworld.fr. French. He's French? He's French. Ah. Delphine Software is French. Eric Chahi is French. Jean-Francois is French. You're shitting me now. They're all French. And anotherworld.fr, you can get the demo. I, I don't know whether I should have more respect for the French or less respect for Another World. It's a toss-up. It is. One's easier than the other. I think... I still love Another World, I think I have more respect for Another World because it is as brilliant as it is, despite, despite being, being French. French. Yeah, let's look at it that way. Let's look at that, it that way. That way we get to keep our bigoted world views. Absolutely. And love the game. And that demo, incidentally, that you can download, can be unlocked into the full version for a mere seven euros. Now let's translate that into real money. About 25p. (laughs) Oh, more scathing remarks about you. Give it six months and it will be, but right now it's about £4.80. Fair enough. Which is very reasonable. Or for Americans, it's about $9.40. Yeah. Which, considering they pay, what, $570 for the average game, um, sorry, 80 odd dollars for the average game, Mm -hmm. that's actually still very reasonable. Sounds about right. And also other names. This this is a tricky one, because if you've been listening to this and you're from America, you've gone, I'm sure I played that, but I don't recognise that name at all. You don't, that's why. Because if you're an American, it's called Out of This World. Ah, I see. In a fantastic bite-you-on-the-ass kind of piece of marketing. Another World had its name changed in America because there was a well-known TV show called Another World. Mm -hmm. So they changed the title to Out of This World, and pretty much simultaneously with the launch of the game in the States, the TV show Out of This World starts. I see. 
So they kind of avoided having the same name as a TV show and ended up with the same problem with the new name anyway. Hmm. So they should have just stuck with Another World. They should have. And if you're Japanese and listening to this podcast, for one thing, hello, wow, what the fuck? You're, you're in Japan and you're listening to this. What the fuck? The, the game was called Outer World for the Japanese. Huh. I have no idea why. Um, possibly if... Okay, I'm going to go out on a limb here, right? This should be good. Right, Nobu Uematsu, right, the guy who writes the Final Fantasy music, or, or wrote the Final Fantasy... I don't know if he's still involved. You are in out on a limb, but I am on. out on a limb. He's been working with it since the beginning, as far as I know. And he's been writing all this music and stuff. And one of the pieces of music he wrote, one of the later games on the PlayStation 2, was called Another World, or possibly Other World. So, Another World may have had its name changed in Japan to avoid a conflict with the name of a piece of music in a Final Fantasy game. Depending on when he wrote it and depending on when it was released in that country. It's possible. It's not the most likely story. Yeah. But I can't counter it. I can't tell you that's wrong, because I do not know why it had its name changed in Japan. Many... As we did say, it's the land of Nintendo. Yes, many games do release there under completely wildly different names than they do here. Mm. For no particularly good reason, as far as I can tell. Like, um, what's it called? That's, um, Peter, Peter Jackson, his film, the one with the zombies and the flymo and the... Brain Dead. Brain Dead, which is, um, oh, what's it called in America? It's Dead something or other. It's, it's not Brain Dead. Is it not? It's, uh, I can't believe I remember what it's called, but it's something, uh, it, it's something dead. Dead Alive or something like that? That's a very strange title. It, it makes no sense, therefore it could well be the American title. Yeah. But anyway, like that, yes. Yes, just going off on a bit of We a are now an hour in, ah. and I've only just done the trivia. Now we actually need to talk about the game. Don't oh. worry, after editing it'll all get shorter. Okay. <laughs> So, Another World, which I had played to death when I was 11, mm-hmm. but you had not played until last week. No, I haven't. So, perhaps the, sort of the initial feelings should come from yourself. It's hard. It's um, difficult. It's not easy. It's quite challenging. So, your, your four initial impressions are that it's hard, difficult, not easy, and challenging. Yeah. Actually, I, I won't argue with you on any of those four counts. Hmm. This could just be that I am a complete idiot, though, which might help. No, no, no. I, I, I played this game and finished it years ago, and I was still struggling to get back through it when I sort of took over and played mm. it through for you so you could at least see what we were going to talk about. Yeah. Well, the bits in there which I won't talk about, because if someone's playing this, I don't want to give it away. Um, I think you're talking about the caves, though. No, I'm actually talking about the bit where you come out of the caves. Oh, and you run the building. In, the building with um, with dumb fuck punching yes. someone. And the... Um, and yes. up the... What? How... <laughs> Mind you, you say this, but let's look at point-and-click adventures and how obscure the puzzles can be in those. Yeah, I'll, I will give you that. It is one of the most illogical solutions to a problem in a game I've seen. Spock would have a fit. But once you've actually worked it out and look at it again, you can see some graphical hints. that There, there is hints in the background artwork of what you should be doing. Mm. Very slim ones. I, uh, spoiler warning... Let's just talk about it. Okay. Spoiler warning, if anyone doesn't want to have this bit ruined, spin on. There is a scene where you emerge from the caverns, and there is a building full of guards in front of you. If you go in there, you're gonna die. Dumbfuck runs in and starts punching the shit out of a guard. And for some reason, the other guards don't just shoot him dead. You, if you run into this building, die. Yes. Oh, he doesn't beat them up. He he gets, um, he gets held up, doesn't he? Oh, that's right, he's surrendering at that point, isn't Mm. he? He's, he's, uh being taken captive. Mm -hmm. If you run in after him, you die. Everyone dies. 
everyone dies. Except the guards. Except the guards who kill you. And they probably turn the guns on themselves. You know what? There's so much death, I wouldn't be surprised. Death everywhere. But the solution is completely ass-backwards. It is. In fact, literally backwards. You can try and sneak in there with a shield on, it won't work. You can try and jump headlong in there, it won't work. You can try running in, it won't work. You can run back the other way as if you're going into the caves, and this is where you exploit another world's strange game design where there's a sort of pseudo third dimension in a 2D world. And turn the game's physics against it. That's right. Instead of running back into the caves, you run behind, in inverted commas, the cave entrance and disappear off the screen. So what you think, fuck, where am I? Absolutely. Then you run back, thinking you're going to come back onto the screen, but no, you're now running along a path behind the building, which you can see in the artwork. It is there. That's one of the visual clues I was talking about. Mm -hmm. But you cannot see how to get on there, and that's a complete leap of faith to find it. Then you can run around behind the guards, shoot them in the back, and everything's happy. But it is the platform game puzzle-solving equivalent of, in the point-and-click adventure, combining everything in your inventory with everything else. Make us kind of like sheep coat or sword compass. Or mostly just getting the message that doesn't work with that. Yeah. Uh, oh god, what were you thinking? Sometimes, yes. This isn't that kind of game, etc. Mm. But yeah, that's the kind of puzzle-solving you're going to find in another world. Not mm. forgiving at all. Very much so. And not hand-holding. It, it, it doesn't so much hold your hand as it does pick you up by the knees and slam your head into a wall repeatedly because then it will pick you up dust you off and then do it again the plot very basically as you said you appear in this pool of water and then you're running around on the surface of this other world you've got no idea what's going on a big cat and there is a big cat that chases you Mm -hmm. we won't go into how but the big cat problem is solved and you wind up in prison hooray now most of the game really is a jailbreak in fact all of the game is a jailbreak and it's what in a modern game would be considered one maybe two levels worth of plot Mm. the plot's very simple you're in prison get out and then once you're out of prison, keep running, try and get away from the world. Yeah. So you you run, you run through the prison. There's a whole big scene in the prison. Several levels of fighting guards, tricking guards, fucking with prison equipment. Yeah. And lots of puzzle solving to get out of the prison, which you eventually do mm-hmm. into the pipes. Oh my. The pipes are very simple, very brief, and then they lead on to the caverns. Oh my. And uh, Jack, Jack, talk about the caverns. Because you loved the caverns. I loved the caverns so much that I gave the computer's control to other people. Um, the caverns, you are in the kind of sewer works, I don't know, this kind of subterranean area it's... underneath the prison. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly what it is. It's full, a cave system. Full of full of bats and tentacle beasts and um, mouths in the floor that devour you. And the ceiling. And in the ceiling. The tentacled ones on the ceiling to drag you up and holes in the floor with teeth to let you fall in. And essentially you've just got to try and jump between these and escape the giant boulders and make bats fly into things getting eaten and go up the poles and jump and then make sure you shoot this thing and then run off the other side and make sure you don't die. It's, it's fairly difficult. And the real prime thing about the caves is after you've made your way through them, which is difficult, irritating... And hard. And hard. Then you have to blow out a rock wall that's suspending a massive amount of water which starts to flood the caves behind you and you have to run back through them. Well, I think we should first of all say... You, you need to get through all these horrible, horrible trips and traps and horrible stuff. And you get to this thing, and there's a door in front of you. You can blow out, you can shoot it, and you blow it apart. That's it. Then you have to go through the caves back the way you came to get back to the beginning to go up this thing to... Yeah. But it's it's the part where you blow out the water. Yes. And then this incredibly fine detail got to be in exactly the same, the, the right place to make a jump repeatedly, pick your way through experience. You have to do the other way with water chasing 
chasing you. So you're on a massive time limit and you have to just go for it. Jump, jump, run, jump, run, jump, jump. And you don't have time to think about it and plan it like you did on the way there. Mm. And it's so easy to just drown. Very much so. Fall down a hole, get eaten, drown, anything, because you're under pressure all of a sudden. So it's it's not a kind game. Once you're through the caves, you come out into this, this strange building. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure what that is. And there seems to be a sort of war going on by this point. Yeah. There's lots of shooting. It's not all at you either. Y- you've missed somewhere along the way that you started a civil war, I think. Yeah. Because it all seems quite peaceful. But then once you're breaking out, everyone seems to be attacking everyone on the alien side. There's loads of madness and violence going on, and you're just in the middle of it. Storyline-wise, I've no idea what the fuck that's about. Mm. And this goes on. And on. And on. Through buildings, through overworld parts, there's the the part where you're in the sort of strange domestic area and falling down a pit and bouncing off of awnings. And, of course, Dumbfuck manages to ruin that as well. Dumbfuck manages to ruin that, of course, because that's what he's there for really. Mm. Getting him out of certain problems, but creating others. Mm. He is a plot device. He is a MacGuffin. He is a MacGuffin. Well, he's not really a MacGuffin, but he's certainly a plot device. Yeah. And this all leads up to the ending of the game, which we'll get on to. Oh, well, first of all, there's the tank sequence, which is very strange. Yeah, that, um, yes. Where you steal a tank, apparently, (laughs) and start pressing away at the controls. And this is another one of those bits that's incredibly mean-spirited, because I've looked over and over and over again, and I know how to do the controls. Because mm-hmm. you watched me, I, I pressed and I did it first off. In the right combination. But there is absolutely no logic to the sequence. There's nothing you can use as a clue. Because some controls turn other controls on, turn other controls off as well. So there are actually more controls than you even see in the first instance. Mm-hmm. And you have to turn other control panels on to then use them. And if you get it wrong, even slightly, it doesn't work. Yay. But there's no logic to it, no clues. You just have to experiment, find it, and memorise it. And I think it's th- because it's that hard is why I still remember how to do it. Yeah. But there is no rhyme or reason to this. Anyway, the, the sequence is for the es- ejection, which then fires you across through the air, landing in the swimming pool. The new swimming pool, of course. And then you're right near the end. Which threw me. Yes. Because it's a game that ends suddenly. It doesn't so much finish as it just stops. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to put it. Mm. it it's a bit like Halo 2. You think there's more coming, and then mm. there isn't. And this is a spoiler warning again. We are now going to deal with the end of another world. Okay. Making your final break for it, running across this platform high above the city. Stained glass window bursts out. There's Dumbfuck. He's with you. You're you're running together. You're feeling pretty good at this point because of how much you've overcome. And then you fall down. There is nothing you can do about this. A laser bolt comes in from your perspective, really, watching the game. Hmm comes from out of the screen into it, blowing out the floor from under you. You cannot avoid this, and you fall. But you are caught by, you presume, dumbfuck. Except it isn't. Because we didn't see him fall. No. He was ahead of you. And as you go off with this guy, uh, after he's beaten the shit out of you, dumbfuck does drop down behind you. So now you're in this locked-in mortal combat with this guy, and you lose. Mm -hmm. Again, nothing you can do about it. And you're pretty much crippled by this point at the end of another world. Mm. You can crawl and raise your arm. Those are your options. All the movement keys do is crawl, any of the fire, jump, run, any of those buttons, raise your arm. Yeah. And that is why you crawl over to a control panel. And as Dumbfuck and the mysterious assailant battle it out, you crawl desperately over to this control panel in what is quite a cinematic scene for a game of its age. Yeah. And he beats the shit out of Dumbfuck, throws Dumbfuck off the ledge, although Dumbfuck clings on mm. and comes over to you to stop you, walks after you. The control panel, however, seems to activate a laser or something. Some kind of thing. God knows. I, again, because there's no dialogue, the plot's very hard to follow sometimes. Uh, 
Bits of it are meaningless. Yeah. But a laser or some such thing blasts from the roof and disintegrates him, mm-hmm. giving Dumbfuck the time to climb up over the ledge and you the time to then open the roof, which is another thing the control panel does. You wouldn't want to get those two levers confused, though, would you? No. That's a nice sunny day. <laughs> ah! Dead. That's a shame. <laughs> so quite why someone had the kill everyone in this room and open the roof levers next to each other. Sunroof. Death machine. So anyway, the roof is open. It is. The roof, the roof, the roof. As much as we might question the logic of the roof control system, the roof is now open. It is. And up you go. Dumbfuck carries you up. Wait, how he does this? I can't remember. It's a transporter, I believe. Ah, yes. Because there are transporters that flip up and down between levels in another world. Mm -hmm. You will encounter them more than once throughout the game. They are fun. And then, huge spoiler warning, this is the ending. There's a dragon there. Hooray! A dragon. You've not seen much indigenous wildlife of this planet so far. You've seen cats, leeches, bats, mollusk things with teeth. And then suddenly there's a fucking dragon. Who, for argument's sake, we shall call Nelson. Okay. And Nelson has quite nicely done transparent wings. And, does, yes. and very well animated. And Dumbfuck sets you across Nelson's back, climbs on himself, and you fly away. Into the distance. Into the sunset, one might say. Apart from the fact there is no sunset. Mm. Apart from the lack of sunset, it is the archetypal into the sunset ending. How is this a good ending for Lester? He gets some dumbfuck loving? Possibly. I don't want to go into that too deeply. Okay. But he's not home. Okay. Uh, the experiment didn't work. Yeah, so he's not getting he's paid. He's still got two broken legs. Yeah. I, this is not a happy ending. It's an ending. It's an ending, and that's enough. Anyway, the, it looks about set for a sequel, doesn't it? It, it does. It does. And, and we will get on to that. I will mention that briefly before okay. we finish. Lester's gun. Well, it's not Lester's it's gun. gun. It's, it's the guard's gun. The guard from very early on in the prison. Which we crushed. Who you crushed to death, which is quite fun. Mm-hmm. You take his gun. I and this that is. Quite quickly, I like that. You did figure it out nice and quickly. Thank you, Final Fantasy IX. This is the only weapon that you will see in the game. Okay. Or that you will be able to use in the game, to be more accurate. But this gun does have three modes, all of which you need, all of which have their own irritation. Shooty, stoppy, and blasty. Yes. There is a regular laser bolt, which will kill anyone who is unprotected very easily. There is a shield mode, where if you hold it down briefly, a ball of power appears at the end of your gun. And if you release the fire button before that explodes, it makes a shield vertically in front of you. This is incredibly handy, because you can stick the barrel of your gun through it and shoot. Mm. And Mm. people can't shoot you. The final moment, if you don't release that little ball of power, it turns into this huge bolt that flies off and will blow out doors, energy shields, rock walls. It's That bit's largely there for puzzle solving. Yeah. And blowing out enemy shields. So that's your gun. It's a funny little thing. It's it's a great little gun. Its ammo is not unlimited. This did uh, somewhat throw me the first time it happened. Yes. There are a couple of recharging stations that you will encounter through the game, which Definitely. is where you need the gun to solve a problem so they give you some energy back. But if you're a bit trigger happy up to that point, especially with the super blast, yeah. Your gun will decharge very quickly, and you'll be left without a weapon. Yep. So you need to pick your shots. That's part of the puzzle solving as well. Mm-hmm. Although, with the basic laser bolt, you can be pretty trigger happy. Fairly. It's, you're unlikely to run out of power with that. It's the super blast that's going to get you. Yeah. And the gun's fun. The enemies have the same gun. They can and do make shields. Oh, yeah, they do. And they're very good at it. They've got the technique down. So if you want to work out how to go up against a bad guy in another world, pay attention to what they're doing to you, because they are extremely good with their technique. And the other weapon you'll encounter is the energy grenades, which are kind of like super blasts, but they bounce along the floor. And I believe they will go through the shield. Yeah. They're fuckers. They really are. But there are quite fun ways you can use them against people. Mm-hmm. Bouncing them 
them off doors, shutting them in rooms and making them blow themselves up, for example. And another much more important use, which I'm not going to go into because that's a problem... A Problem solving. One of the big puzzles, and we've solved one for you, but that's pretty much yeah, it. Yeah, but that's all the help we're going to give you. Yes, uh, but those are pretty much, by and large, the weapons of another world. Mostly the game relies on jumping around and going the right way, and doing things in the right order is also quite critical. Yeah, do it in the wrong one, and it won't let you go back, oh, mate, I'll do this. Yeah, and, and there are ways you can fuck up the game, and it won't tell you immediately, but you won't be able to make it any further because of something you did earlier. Hmm. Not so bad that, you know, you can do something wrong, carry on with the game, get to a point where you can't get any further. Oh, and no, you'll, you'll only go another minute or so before you realise what you've done. Maybe less than a minute. Well, you, probably, you won't realise what you've done, but you'll realise, oh, I'm stuck. Yes. It will never buck the game up so bad that you have to restart it from the beginning. No, no. It's very, very... As, as much as we say this game is not forgiving, mm. its restart points are quite forgiving. Yes. They are quite frequent compared to a lot of games. Pretty much after a major puzzle has been solved, instantly you've got a restart point. Yeah. And you will never have to redo a major puzzle. It will, yeah, there's no time where it will jump you back past two big hurdles or so. But that's the one thing this game does rely on. You die frequently, oh, but yeah. you don't go back a long way in the story, which is quite nice. Yes. And in terms of what kinds of enemies you'll find, again, it's pretty much the square-headed goons. Hooray. Uh, tentacly things from the ceiling. Holy things in the floor. Holy things in the floor with teeth. With teeth that snap. And falling rocks. Yeah. That's pretty much it for the bad guys. It's not a huge cast of characters or guns or... Levels. Or, or levels. But it's a hell of a lot of fun and it's hard. It's so hard. Now, Another World, as much as it has Heart of the Alien as a sequel, mm -hmm. we don't talk much about Heart of the Alien, there is also Fade to Black, which people may be more familiar with than Another World. Yeah. I believe that was just called Fade to Black in all territories. It's not Lester, right. but it is a red-headed protagonist in sort of another world. Okay. It's not the same world as another world, and it's a more modern game, but it's the same gameplay. Right. And it's a lot of fun. It's not by Eric, I don't think, because the next one he went on to make was Heart of Darkness. Which is so good! Yes. Uh, but Fade to Black is much the same game, done with prettier graphics, better sound effects, a bit more length to it, not quite as creative and original. Hmm but still a lot of fun. And am I getting them confused? Now, that was Flashback. Yes. Flashback is the sequel I'm talking about. Fade to Black was the sequel to Flashback, where you play the same guy as in Flashback, but in a third-person shooter-type environment. Right. And that one I don't like. Right. Because <laughs> it's a fairly average, middle-of-the-road, third-person shooter. It's been done better, and it's been done many times. At the time, it was sort of competing... Was it competing with Tomb Raider? I think it might have been competing with the original Tomb Raider. Fair enough. So it was going to lose. Yeah. And then we have Heart of Darkness, a um... surrealistic French masterpiece wherein a little boy loses his dog. So he gets in a spaceship. <laughs> exactly. You see, that's obviously where it was going. Yeah. And he goes to a land where shadows eat the... Well, he goes to another world. He goes to another world. There seems to be a theme here. However, in this other world, there are not big, blocky rock men. No. There are weird, shadowy beasts that devour the souls and bodies of young children. And, oh shit, you're a young child. Yeah. And there's a lot of them. It's not Fun. Well, it is fun, but it's not fun getting eaten. A like lot another times. world, it's a, it's a fun game, but it's not a fun situation. No. Oh, I'm I'm gonna have to try and dig that out somewhere now. Mm. 
Well, we, we both shall because we shall have to review it at some point. Is it that retro? I mean, it's on PlayStation. Mm, that's true. No, I suppose PlayStation doesn't count. We'll have to play it at some point. We'll have to play it, yes. Fuck reviewing it, we oh, just want to play it. It was a good game. Well, uh, Eric Chahid's a good game maker. He is. And we will have to review at some point Future Wars, which is the, uh, the game he was illustrator on before he did Another World. Ah. I quite like that one too. Slightly cyberpunky. Ah, cool. So you would like it then, but yes. I'm sure it's a very good game. But that is not the next game we are reviewing. The next game we are reviewing, in response to our first ever request, yes. is Monkey Island. Hooray! Wait, you are stuck. I am stuck on Monkey Island. Um, if anyone could help me, send in some emails uh, before the next one to, to help me. Help me help you by reviewing the game. I've done everything up to the point where there's people looting the mansion. There are people looting the mansion and they tell me I can't go in and loot without an appointment. I'm stuck there. That's where Jack is stuck. I, however, have not started replaying it for next week. I, I will do so. Okay. Um, but I have a fairly good memory for a monkey island. Not good enough to tell you how to get past the point you're stuck at. Well, I'll load it up in a second. And... Yes, and we'll have a go. Excellent. We may in fact solve it. But yes, if you know how to get into the mansion, email us at worldonestage1 at gmail.com. Or if you have any problems that I can help, help with. Yeah, if you have any trouble with trivia games, or if you're stuck anywhere. Problems in general. Or, or problems with your lifestyle. Yes. Emotional yeah. crises. Do, do come to me. I, I will be your agony aunt. Or if you don't like us. Yes. Again, if you don't like us, please, please, please tell us um, so we can do something to correct this. Preferably tell us why as well. Yeah. Because that will be very helpful. Not, lol, oh my god, you suck. That's less helpful. It is. So if you like us, if you hate us, if you need our help on anything, apparently, I was thinking retro gaming, but apparently on anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you need help on retro gaming, ask me. If you need help on anything else, ask Jack. Yep. I am a veritable fountain of help and philanthropy. If you want to suggest a future game... Yes, please do, please do. By all means, we're very welcome to that. Mm-hmm. And if you want to just say lol oh my god source, you can also do that. Lol oh my god source. We might not read that one out on the air, though. I might. You might, yeah. Yeah. Luckily, the email goes to me. It does. Can I have the password? Uh, I can set it up to forward to you. Okay, cool. Cheers. Yeah, no problem. Excellent. And then we will both receive the emails. Yes. Wah-ha. So you can start writing, you know, who you want to read it out. Yes. Yes. You can address it to either one of us. Or both. And we will try and read it out in unison, or at least, well, we'll try. Or alternating words, or something. We'll, yeah. we'll work out. It'll sound like William Shatner, but it'll be worth it. We'll work something out. Anyway, until next time. Until next time. My name is Simon. My name is Jack. And this is World 1 Stage 1, a retro video game podcast. End of episode 1. <laughs>